welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Osmond, a biblical church centered on Christ. Upstairs in big church, I actually want to ask you to pull your bulletin out because we're going to reference our bulletin as well. This has been a message I've been looking forward to sharing because I believe today's message is critical for us as we go through life. And this is establishing a biblical worldview. That doesn't really sound interesting, but it's something that is central. And I'm going to show you in the Bible the three organizations and institutions that God created. There's only three. Three things the Lord created. And once you know these three things, you can actually, it, it, it frees you up. You can look at the whole world through the lens of these three institutions in what God created. And in fact, for me, everything, when, I'm, <clears throat> when I make decisions and I do whatever, I actually, because I'm aware of these, ins, these um, institutions that the Lord has established, I can look at the world through this lens. So when we talk about what does it mean to have a biblical worldview, it's really going to be understanding really what the Bible says about these three things. I'm going to go ahead and tell you what they are. Number one, it's family. Number two, this is in order of establishment. Number two, it's government. And number three, it's church. The, the Lord established, those are the only three things He established. That's it. He didn't establish anything else. He established those three institutions, and you will see that all the way through the Bible. And you see it today. So I want you to actually turn in your Bibles because you'll want to read this Scripture. And this is like where you want a pen and paper. You write down these Scriptures and just knowing these things will just guide you through life all the way till you go to heaven because you have assurance the Lord established the family. The Lord established government. We shouldn't be afraid of government. Government came from the Lord. I'm going to show you all. It actually came a result of the flood. That's where it came from in Genesis. With what was going on with Noah and the wickedness of mankind. He thought, this didn't work out. We've got to create some structure. And then what we're at this morning, the church. The Bible says the church will never fail. It's established by the Lord. And we're going to see that as well. So go ahead and turn in your Bibles to the book of Genesis, chapter 2. So we're going to be at the very beginning of our Bibles. And this here is the creation account. This is where Adam and Eve come from. This is where we see our first family. Do you know, when I uh, look at the world, whether it's school, work, family, politics, entertainment, sports, war, dating, culture, whatever it is, I approach life through what the Bible says concerning those issues. And these are the foundational issues we're going to see here. Now, I want to tell you about where did Satan come from and how, what, what is Satan's goal. The Bible actually tells us that the devil, in the KJV, his name was called Lucifer. And this is in, if you have your pen, it's in Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 15. And the Bible talks to us about the, what is a demon? What is the devil? The devil's a fallen angel. And there was one, according to the KJV, his name was Lucifer. He rebelled against God. And this is in the book of Isaiah, chapter 14. 
And because of his rebellion, the Lord cast him out of heaven, and he's, he now roams with other demons that were, these are fallen angels, that were with him. Their domain is here on earth. We do not see these spiritual beings. Are, they're in a different dimension. Our, our, our eyes can't see them. But they are here with us. Maybe not here right now at this moment in this building, although Jesus one time went to a synagogue in his hometown of Capernaum, and he did cast out a man who was demon-possessed. He set him free. But as you go through life, there are demonic forces. And where is this force rooted at? It's rooted in rebellion against God. Where did Satan come from? He rebelled against God's authority. And I'm going to show you all in the Bible. Anytime we rebel against authority in the family, and in government, and in church, we are lining up with the devil. We're just like him. Rebellion is where the root of Satan's fall came. All right, can y'all hear me again? Anytime in our, in, in our life that we are rebelling against our family, we are finding ourselves lining up here with the devils. All right, so that's enough for that. Let's read in our Bibles. Here's where the family came from. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Won't you follow along right here? Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man, the man is Adam, this is Adam, to be alone. I will make a helper corresponding to him. The Lord God formed out of the ground every wild animal and every bird of the sky and brought each to the man to see what he would call it. The animals were named by Adam. That's where they came from. So Adam is naming these animals. And it says, The man gave names to all the livestock, to the birds of the sky, and to every wild animal. But for the man, no helper was found corresponding to him. Folks, we do not marry animals. I know that sounds crazy. You don't date animals Adam is looking at these animals and saying, these aren't correspond, these aren't people. An animal is not a person. Animals are different from humans. Animals are not uh, creatures that we God, I believe God gives us animals for uh, enjoyment. It points to his creation, the goodness of the Lord, but they are not on the same level as humanity. And that's why it says right there. Adam's looking at all the animals and said, there, there's nothing for me. Like, there, these are, this isn't me. I'm not a dog. So, okay, so, that, so if we one day get in a world where folks are marrying animals, that's wrong. Keep going here in your Bibles. 
And it says, So the Lord caused a deep sleep to come over the man, and he slept. God took one of his ribs and closed the flesh at that place. Then the Lord God made the rib he had taken from the man into a woman and brought her to the man. And the man said, This one at last, after we went through all these animals, and there was not one corresponding, this one at last is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, and this one will be called woman, for she was taken from a man. This is Eve. This is where Eve came from. Adam and Eve are our first family. A male and a female. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and bonds with his wife. And they become, look at this, one flesh. Both the man and his woman were naked, yet felt no shame. Folks, it is God's will for little boys and little girls to grow up, to leave your house. The Bible says it there. You're going to leave mama's home. Leave mama's country cooking. And you're going to get married. A little girl's going to marry a boy. And a little boy is going to marry a girl. And they are going to get married and establish a family and have children. Like that is God's, that's God's plan from Genesis chapter 2 right here. This is the first family. God is casting a vision. Say, okay, this is the plan. You're going to leave mama's house. You're going to bond with your wife in verse 24. And you're going to then become one flesh. Meaning that is a marriage. God performed the first marriage. God made the first family. God set a trajectory. A man, a woman, little people in your home. That is good. That is godly. We want to be a church. We want to be people that support families, that support little people, that support children's church. Where does that come from? Right here. This is the first institution that the Lord created. Folks, we have to stand for the family. That, there's no question. This is where it comes from. Family is the most fundamental, moral part of society. First and foremost, before anything else. When families crumble. When people redefine families. When, when folks don't know boy or girl, right or wrong, don't understand this, this is, this is what the devil does. Remember Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 14, the rebellion by Lucifer, it actually occurred before this. He rebelled in heaven when he was an angel. So he, his rebellion preceded this. So what happens is when we rebel against God-ordained family, we are falling in line with that. Oh, Let's see if it really works. Yep, I think it works again. Thank you, David. Thank you, sound guys. So that is, that is our first one. So your first little point. What, what, what is a family? It's, it's mom and dad, brother and sister, children. That, 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 that's your family. This is why. What's really interesting, if you look at the Ten Commandments, this is in your bulletin here. If you look at your Ten Commandments, the fifth one actually says, honor your father and your mother. Why does it say that? Children have to, uh, not just children, us as grown adults, if your parents are alive and you're 75 years old, you need to be honoring mom and dad. It doesn't matter how old. You, you do not dishonor your parents. Why? Because God established 
That is your family. So whether you're a little man or an old man, you are to honor mom and dad. It's wrong for you to speak negative about your parents. They will always be your parents. They gave birth to you. They, they raised you. That is who God, the home God put you in. Like, well, why, why would you dishonor your parents? What good is that going to accomplish? What are they going to say? Well, I'm, I'm no longer going to be your mom. They can't. So that's why the fifth commandment, and what's amazing about that, the fifth commandment, Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, that's the only commandment with the promise. The only one that gives a promise. And the promise is that if you honor your mom and dad, the Lord will give you long life in your land. You want to know how to lose America? You just get a bunch of wild and disobedient children that rebel against their mom and dad. You've lost your country. Wild kids running all over the place. No one knows what's right or wrong. No one knows who their parents are. It's just, I mean, this is, folks, this is foundational. This is for us, for Christians. This is why homosexuality is wrong. This is why gay marriage is wrong. Because that is not what God instituted in Genesis chapter 2. It's that clear. It's really, it's that simple. It's biological. So what, where, our first institution, what is it? It's the family. So your decisions when you go through life, if you know this, oh, God instituted the family. A man, a woman, and little, little people. They need to grow up, they're going to leave home, and they go make families. That's, that's the purpose of humanity from the beginning. All right, <clears throat> move over in your Bible to Genesis chapter 9. Now we're going to come to government. We should not fear government. Government has great purpose, and it comes from the Lord. Genesis chapter 9, let me tell you about what happened. The days of Noah were days of wickedness. In fact, in Genesis chapter 6, the world had become so wicked. The line of Cain, you had godly people marrying ungodly people. You had these giants called the Nephilim living on the earth. And the Lord looks down at, at, at the earth from heaven. He says, you know, these people, every inclination in their hearts is actually evil all the time. There was no government. The re- one of the reasons why the flood had to come destroy everybody, there was no gut, was total lawlessness. There was, no, there was no right or wrong. There was no established government. People were truly running wild and they were murdering one another. That was what was that's so God said, no, no. We're going to send a flood. All you wild people are going to die except for Noah and his wife and his uh, three sons and their wives. Eight people were saved on that ark. That's in Williamstown, Kentucky. You can go up there and look at it. Just like that. And they they were saved by the Lord. And then they came out of that ark. And this is our second second, uh, establishment of the Lord. So our next institution. We walk out of the boat. Here we come. And next thing we know, you're about to get a new a new rule is about to occur. And that's going to be the rule of government. Because why? Remember, why was the ark, why was the flood sent? Because people were killing one another. You cannot live in a world where people just go around killing one another all the time. Like, that's just not going to work. Like, that's, that's not God's plan. Murder is, is wrong. Uh, we, we stand for life. So here we go. Genesis chapter 9, verse 5. We're, we've just walked out of the, out of the boat. And the, and the Lord looks at Noah, and he says, Noah, I will require, verse 5, 
I will require a penalty for your lifeblood. I will require it from any animal and from any human. If someone murders a fellow human, I will require that person's life. There it is, right there. That is your government. Someone is going to... If you go and kill someone, there is permission given by the Lord for an established government to hold them accountable for their murder. If you are, this is capital punishment. Capital punishment was instituted by the Lord. It says you go around killing folks, you're going to die. In fact, it applies to the animal world as well. If you have a wild animal killing all the other animals, just for the sake of doing it and not, I guess, eating or hunting, you're going you, that, that animal needs to die. Uh, same with humans. God's plan was to establish government coming off the ark. They came off the ark and says, this is going to be different. You, you kill someone, they have to die. That is the very first government right there. Keep going in your Bible. Whoever sheds human blood, by humans, his blood will be shed. For God made humans in his image. Look at that. That's, folks, that's why, we, that's why we're pro-life. We're, we, we support life because they're made in the image of God. This has nothing to do with politics. This has to do with Genesis chapter 1 through 9. The Lord's just telling us, hey, I created life. You're created in the image of God. And if you go around killing other folks, you're going to die. You're going to pay with your own life. This is the root of all government. What's the first and foremost thing a government does? It prevents people from killing each other. Because that's why the flood came. That's why we had to destroy the earth. And then verse 7, here we go. We're going back to the family. Verse 7, but you, be fruitful and multiply. Like, okay, we're starting over again with eight people. Let's just go and repopulate the earth. Be fruitful, multiply, spread out over the earth, and multiply on it. So God, right here, is establishing our very first government. You know, the next chapter actually starts nation building. Nation building began right after this. And that started with Shem, Ham, and Japheth in Genesis chapter 10. Do you know, you think about Abraham, you think about the entire Israelites and all the Jewish folks. Do you know what that was? God called in Genesis chapter 11, verses 31 through chapter 12, verse 9. He called Abraham from this land of Mesopotamia, which is in current day Iraq near the little ancient city of Babylon on the Euphrates River today, Ur of the Chaldeans, he said, Abraham, I have chosen you. You are going to be a great nation. From that call, when he told Abraham, you're going to be a great nation, that's a government. And that's actually where Israel came from today. It started there with Abraham. God is in the nation-building business. That doesn't mean they all honor the Lord, but nations, government, folks, it goes all the way back right here to Genesis chapter 9, coming off the boat. And so government, for us, government is a good thing. Government was established by the Lord. And the first and foremost thing, government is to make sure people don't run around murdering one another. If you don't have law and order, you do not have a country. Anarchy is not God's plan. When, you're, when you live for anarchy, you might as well just go on back to the days of Noah. Because there's, that means total lawlessness. 
Our politicians, the first thing they, their first and foremost responsibility is keep folks safe and hold folks accountable. That's why we want to support our police. That's why we want to have a strong military. Next Sunday for Veterans Day, we'll be recognizing our military. These are good institutions established by the Lord. Number three. So we have family. We have government. Here it is. Turn your Bibles. Last section we're going to look at today. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, verse 17. Jesus had His disciples. And He's there with His uh, leader of His disciples, Peter. And He's going to tell Peter something. And He's going to establish on Peter... Uh, he asked Peter this question. He says, Peter, what's the word on the street? Who do folks say that I am? And his answer was, uh, you know, you are the Messiah, you're the Son of the living God. He's confessing Him as the Messiah. And then in verse 17, it says, Jesus responded, we're in Matthew 16, 17, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, the word Peter means rock. Peter was a strong, bold man. He also denied Jesus and he spoke out of place many times, but he was convictional. That's what it means to be a rock. Just because convictional people will many times still misspeak and still make mistakes because they're so passionate and bold for what they believe. It's easy to do that. He says, and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades, that's hell, will not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven and whatever you lose on earth will have been lost in heaven. Let me explain. This passage is so important. So important. This is the third and final institution the Lord created. He established the church. The, ver- the word church was first used by Jesus. Where did the church come from? From Jesus. Who, who's, who's the church for? It's my church. It's Jesus' church. He's saying, Peter, I'm going to start with you. And you're going to build a church and the devil will never overpower. Now, individual churches will, can go out of business when they are no longer doing outreach evangelism and wing lost people. Joey, I commend you for what you shared about our church's passion for any and everything we do. We're constantly trying to reach people with the gospel. So where does that come from? It came from verse 19. He says, you've got the keys. Meaning, if folks want to get saved, they get saved in their church. They get saved by the message of the gospel. They get saved by the preaching and the teaching of Jesus. And then if you don't do it, they won't get saved. He's saying the the way the Lord is going to work on earth is actually through the church. The church is not just a building we're talking about. We're talking about a body of believers. That is, we go out, we have the power of Jesus Christ of saying, thus saith the Lord. By Jesus, we are saved. By Jesus, we're also, by rejecting Him, we're lost. That is what He just gave Peter. Say, here are the keys. I'm giving you this power and authority. Then in Acts chapter 2, He sent the Holy Spirit. And when, when we come into worship, the Holy Spirit is with us and we are worshiping Him. So wrapping all this up, a biblical worldview, we are 
have to be absolutely rock solid in our faith of understanding the family, it came from God. Government is a good thing. It came from the Lord. And the church, how God has chosen to work. This is this institution on earth. It came again in Matthew chapter 16 from Jesus. God has given us these three institutions. And He has chosen to use these to work and to protect all of humanity in the, in the, in the mission. So for us, tying all this together, the Bible tells us, we, won't, we don't have time to turn there, but in Ephesians chapter 2, that we are citizens here on earth and on heaven and in heaven. That means we have dual citizenship. And we have to always keep that in mind. We have to be aware that I'm here on earth and I'm honoring the Lord because eventually I will be in heaven with the Lord. I maintain a dual citizenship. And it's something for us as Christians. We want to make sure these institutions, when we make decisions, when you go vote on Tuesday, when uh, when you look at the culture all around us, what does the Bible say about these three things? And now you know. You know where they came from. You know why they came. And you know that we protect, and as Christians, we guard them. Folks, if you hold to this, you will have a biblical worldview. Parents, you need to teach this to your children. They need to know family, government, and the church were established by the Lord. And they're foundational. They aren't going to go away. And they're good. It's the Lord's plan, the Lord's will, the Lord's purpose. So and I, this is for us. When we fail to go to church, when we mock church, why on earth would you make fun of church? That was established by the Lord. Now, church has to have accountability, make sure it lines up with Scripture. Your government has to have accountability. Family, your family has to have accountability. Mom and dad, boy, son and daughter. I mean, you have to hold folks accountable, but... but Being critical of the Lord's institution, that is not God's plan. That is not God's purpose. This morning, I want you to walk away. I want you to have confidence. We as Christians, as we go vote on Tuesday, and we we see all this cultural change around us, we can confidently say, hey, I know what the Bible says. I know what I believe, and I know why I believe it. It's not a matter of, well, I don't know, shifting sand. There should never be any shifting sand. We are rock solid on those verses of why we believe this. We're going to close this service here with an invitation to respond to Jesus. Jesus established this church. Our church is 70 years old. The church of Jesus established is 2,000 years old on, the, on, on Peter. He was, he was the rock. And so this morning, if you want to be a part of a church, a Bible-believing church that believes in the family, that believes in government, that believes in the church, which was established by the Lord, this is one for you. So let's stand together. We're going to sing in our songbook. Open up your songbook to hymn number 544, Have Thine Own Way, Lord. David Dell is going to lead us in a song. I'm going to be standing down here along with our other deacons. You come take our hand and say, I want to make a decision here this morning at Broadway. David? Okay.